I plan to win Flav's heart. In order for that to happen with 20 other women, there's no way I'm going to play fair. No way. Tiffany Pollard, a.k.a. New York, totally stole the show as a contestant on Flavor of Love. They're like a loud pack of idiot bitches, and I'm sick of them already. So it's not a surprise that after coming in second place twice, she got her own spinoff, where she finally got to be head bitch in charge. Coming up on I Love New York. I'm going to get 20 beautiful men together and see which one is the love of my life. New York reached a whole new level of throwing shade. Do I like pumpkin? No. Do I respect pumpkin? No. Does pumpkin still need a facelift? Um, yes. And 20 years later, she's still a reality show icon. Queen of the reaction gif. And honestly, a legit underappreciated comedian. Beyonce, Beyonce, Beyonce. This is Peak 2000s, the show that throws it all the way back to our favorite pop culture moments of the odds. Today... Tiffany Pollard, a.k.a. New York. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hi, hi, hi. It's Sydney Washington. And here with me, the HB to my IC, Marie Faustin. Babe, what's up? What's going on? Hi, friend. How you doing? Marie, I'm just so excited to talk about Tiffany Pollard today. I am. Oh, yeah. She's a gay icon. She is. Yeah. So, boom, Tiffany Pollard is on the show called Flavor of Love, and that was like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And somehow today, her facial expressions, her one-liners are used everywhere. It's trending. I open up my Twitter. There's somebody using her expression as a response to something. Yeah. Like, why is she like the meme icon? Of our time. Well, because she's very expressive, right? Mm-hmm. She's kind of like a cartoon character. Yeah. Like, when she's shocked, she's, oh, the mouth is hanging open, the eyes are big, they bulge in. When she's, like, over something, she's sitting down, her arms are crossed, her feet with the shoes fully on or on the bed. Her reactions were good, and it's fun to use her reactions to react to things that people tell us that you're like, uh-uh. Excuse you? My favorite line from her is, I want my eggs cracked. I want my eggs cracked, meaning I want a child. I want my name dropped, meaning I want to be married. I'm not around with you. Ma'am, that's aggressive to say on a date, let alone just in general, out loud. Out loud. To a man? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I want my eggs cracked. Like, I want to put that on a t-shirt. That is definitely merch. (laughs) She was so self-aware. Like, even though she's being a character, she's also, there's moments where she's being so earnest. Like, she's sitting at this date saying that she wants to have babies, but she's also saying that I'm not all there. You are going to have to give me something substantial because I know I'm worth that. I'm not all there. Sometimes I have my moments. But I know one thing, I'm good to you. I think that's why people like New York so much is because she's definitely a character. But like also there's moments that you're like, oh, no, this is 
she's being honest. Like she has feelings and she's she's keeping it quite real. Mm-hmm. And like, is she crying? Is that a tear? So there were moments that you felt kind of bad for her. And then the rest of it, you just wanted her to be in the room because she made the show. Yes. Without her on the show, what's the show? Yeah. It's just a shiny and ashy man with a big ass clock and all these girls just like pretending to like him. It's poop on the floor without New York. Yeah. She definitely elevated it to a level that they weren't even aware of. And then they're like, you know what? Let's not even do this show. Let's give her her own show. Let's do this spinoff. Yeah. Well, because after two, like, 24 women in a house fighting for Flavor Flav in that first season was like, why? And then they had to find 24 other women who were fighting for Flav. And you're like, that's like, these are all paid actresses yeah. here. <laughs> this is giving central casting right now. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. And it was great to see a brown skinned girl on one of these dating shows because it's so hard. It's either a blonde white woman or or a, a less blonde white woman. Yes, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. So it was this brown woman who's who's very in charge and speaking her mind and vibrant and silly and crazy. And it was like, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Let's bring in our guests. We have Raquel Gates, who is an associate professor of film at Columbia, okay, where she teaches a whole class on reality TV. Where do I sign up? <laughs> Raquel, welcome to Peak 2000s, babe. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just like so excited to talk about this, like in an upscale way, you know? <laughs> so this is where I'm really going to just like go into stand mode. For the people who haven't watched these shows, I just want you to describe New York for us. What made her stand out among all the other girls on Flavor of Love? I think Tiffany Pollard's a goddess. I'm just going to like mm-hmm. say that. I have nothing to worry about. I have one up on everyone in the house, if not more. I adore her, adore her. Have from like the first minute I saw her on television. I would argue that she is one of the few people on the show who seems to understand that she is playing a character. And she is doing this great, wacky, Lucille Ball type of, like, sitcom character. And she's just, she's fun to watch. Like, she understands that she's there to make the show, not to, like, just try to win Flavor Flav. Yeah, she literally carried the show on her back. So much great work. Like, Tiffany showed people, like, this is how you do reality TV. Like, if you're going to be the villain, go all the way in. You need sound bites. People saying, like, oh, they're reading, they're being shady. It almost feels like she, like, invented that on these reality TV shows. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I think is kind of fascinating about her is that she's she's being shady in a way, like, before we talked about people on reality TV being shady. She's never exactly malicious. I mean, the stuff she says, it's like cutting, it's biting, some of it's not okay, but it's never really personal. I mean, you know, she'll say like, you don't look like Beyonce, you look like Luther Vandross, right? But she's not like, your mother didn't even want you. Like, she doesn't do that. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's like, it's shady, but it's always fun shady. Buck Wild, this is not a soup kitchen. Let's straighten that neck up. Bucky, you're tight in the face. Exactly. Not flattering. And that's part of, I think, what makes it, like, great to watch her as a, as a viewer. Even though she was she was giving us the dramatics, it didn't feel like she was performing. It felt Mm-mm. like this lady is this at brunch. This is her at parent-teacher conferences. This is who she is. And it was fun to watch her every single scene. Beyonce, Beyonce, Beyonce. Beyonce. 
You know what you, you, know you really That's look like? You look like Luther Van <laughs> I would advise you to pack your shit up because you're going home. <laughs> Luther Vandross, beautiful man, beautiful yes. man. Do I want someone to say I look like him? Absolutely not. But was he a beautiful man, sis? I mean, there was great. I think he's a beautiful man. He had a beautiful yes. voice. No, he was he was hot. I mean, <laughs> okay. In his prime time days. Here and now. Sexy. Okay, girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. There were just like so many epic moments at the end of Flavor of Love season two, especially the time when she like confronts Flav for not choosing her oh, the yes. second time. Yes. Why the f- did you bring me back? Why the f- why, did you bring me why back? did I bring you yeah. back? New York? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why the f- did you bring the me back? Why I brought you on my face. Let me what? tell you something, New York. Let me twice. tell you something. New- no, 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 listen. I don't want all right, all right, but listen, listen, listen. You never touch me again. I understand. It's all right. You brought me back to open up the same Oh. Uh, that moment, it had an effect on you. Why? <laughs> so I remember I watched that episode with two of my girlfriends and we were drinking and we had been laughing at the episode until that moment. And, you know, when she says, why did you bring me back to do this to me again? Like it just hit something real personal and profound for all of us. For me, it's just a really kind of great moment because she she doesn't break character throughout the series. You know, she's always kind of like wacky, narcissistic New York. There's that moment, though, where all of a sudden it's like you see this human side of her. And I think that it really stands out, particularly because it's so different from what we've been seeing. It's also, to me, it feels like this moment of breaking the fourth wall a bit, right? That it's not just like, I care about him. I think she genuinely does. But I think it's also like, did you just clown me again on television? And she can't say that, but it's clearly that, right? You have embarrassed me in front of all of these people. And for me, it's just this kind of like heart-wrenching moment. Yeah, but we also ultimately know why he brought her back because she gives good TV, you know? And I do think that she did care about Flav, but Mm -hmm. they knew after the first season, like I didn't even remember who the winner of the first season was until I was prepping for this episode and I was like oh hoops but like New York being in the second season was giving them the bumping ratings that they needed from the first so I remember when they brought her back on the second season I legit cheered I was like I was so excited because she's such a star and obviously the producers knew that and she knew that too even if you didn't like the show you turned in the show on for her yes and because she was that damn good they gave her her own show outside this Hollywood mansion 20 men have gathered with one thing in common. Their love for one very special lady. I'm Tiffany Pollard, but if you watch The Flavor of Love, then you know me as Miss New York. New York is in the house. Where she is finally treated like the queen. She's put on the pedestal. She is the center of everything, which she should be. I have 20 guys here waiting. What can be better than this? I'm ready to meet my men. What do you remember most about that show? I mean, I remember, one, just being really struck by the reality of the fact that it was all of these guys were competing for this Black woman. That was, like, the first thing that kind of stood out to me, that that's noteworthy, that I don't think 
we talk about enough because it's reality TV, right? And we tend to dismiss anything that happens on reality TV. But I mean, people are all excited about having like a black bachelorette, you know, but but like Tiffany Pollard was doing this a minute ago. I mean, watching her put these guys through their paces, I I thought I thought made for great television. Yeah. Like in season one, she picked Tango and then Chance was a runner-up, and he got his own show. Right. What were the men like in season one? They reminded me of just being straight out of central casting. <laughs> it's like it's like you could imagine <laughs> the producers like we needed we need like a white Wall Street type dude, and we need you know a black thug type dude. I mean, who's the guy that she she ends up? I mean, the white Wall Street type dude. I can't think of his name, but that's like who she picks as the winner. And they had like a Taylor made. Yeah, they had like a real yeah. relationship for a while, you know, which, yeah. I, which I thought was kind of great. And then. Obviously, because of that show, there was just like so many more spinoffs after. Right, I mean, right. everybody, you get a show, you get a show. I mean, they they were passing out shows like it was the, <laughs> it was the sliced bread. So the spinoffs from New York, New York goes to Hollywood. Yes. It's time for me to become a legitimate actress. So I called my friends at VH1 to help me out. They hooked me up with a house in Hollywood, and the rest is up to me. Give it a shot. I got 30 days to get apart or pack up and go home. I can't do it anymore. So I'm leaving all my distractions behind. No mom, no tailor-made. I'm going to take this town by storm. Get ready, America, because New York is going to Hollywood. That comes out in 2008. And then New York goes to work. Yes. That's where she she basically tries to earn money from all these random jobs. And there was like one situation where she had to work at a fast food restaurant and she had to to make the fries. All right, you're going to get grab the potato, wash it okay. under the water. Then after you rinse it and you dump it in there. You will do that to all the potatoes, all 150 pounds yes, of potatoes, okay? Okay. So I'm going to go check the kitchen. I'll be back and I'm hoping you're, you'll be doing good, okay? Thank you, Jerry. You're welcome. Potato. Potato. Now look at who wants the French fry out of that. This sucks. These potatoes look <laughs> abused. Low key, high key, giving simple life. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Except Tiffany was Paris, and she's like, I don't need a, a best friend. It's all on me. I mean, the new Cardi B show, right? It to me totally mm-hmm. feels like exactly the same thing as this. You know, like let's put this character in these wacky situations and and see what hijinks ensue. I mean, that's the formula. All right, so let's go straight into Yay or Yuck. We look at certain things that happen in the show and either it's yay that it holds up today or a yuck that we need to leave it in the early 2000s and bury it there. <laughs> the time Pumpkin spit in New York's face when she was eliminated. I was shocked because New York and Pumpkin was really getting heated at each other. You know what? At least I didn't gain 20 pounds being on the show, you fat ass fucking transvestite looking I bitch. I better than you making no, your exit you right now. New York and Pumpkin, they started going back and forth. It was crazy. We said I don't look like a pumpkin. Give me a hug. Bitch, you look like a fucking man and you need that facelift. You motherfucking whore! You motherfucking put your motherfucking hands on me! Did you see that bitch fucking spit in my motherfucking face? Fun fact, that moment was rated number one on various VH1 and MTV reality show specials, including VH1's 20 Greatest Celebrity 
TV fights. Okay, yay or yuck? The whole thing's gross, so I'll say yuck. But yay to the moment that sometimes we get to see in the unedited things where they stop rolling and Flav says to Tiffany, we stopped rolling, now you can go beat her ass. And has, mm-hmm. it has to have the producer explain to him why, like, that's actually not okay, uh, which I always think <laughs> is a great TV moment. All the low blows were just, you just can't say someone looks like a man. Like, you just can't do nothing. Spitting in somebody's face because of COVID protocols, that's also <laughs> big-ass yuck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, spit in general is like the ultimate form of disrespect. I feel like, you know, the classy way to disrespect somebody is you throw a drink in their face. Yes, Cosmo. I did always appreciate Pumpkin revealing herself to be exactly the type of person who I assumed Pumpkin was throughout the course of the show. I always felt like that moment kind of confirmed it. Yeah, she was trash. Yeah. (laughs) The time New York had to work as a clown and kept blowing up (laughs) at the kids. Her nose is kind of... Crooked? Yeah, I know. I've been screwing it on all morning. It's probably gonna fall off before I leave. So get used to my crooked nose. Get used to my crooked nose, Candy. And that was from uh, New York Goes to Work. To me, that's a that's a yay. I just adore like her frustration of of trying to keep it together in this thing that is clearly not working with kids who do not care that it is not working and how hard her job is. I just like how frustrated she gets as, you know, a mother of little kids. I identify with that (laughs) probably a little too personally. So that's a yay moment for me. (laughs) Okay. And lastly, Tiffany, future goal. She says she wants to be a preacher. Uh, Really? What? Before my blood stops pumping through my body and my heart stops, I know I have something, you know, divine to leave this earth. And this is why a lot of people may not understand this, that it may not make sense to them. But I will have my own HBIC ministry. Televangelist, this is a big dream of mine, and I feel like I'm coming into fruition of it, and it's starting to take hold of me. And I know I'm going to be one of these great people that leads people to heaven. Mm. Okay, and what what does uh, HBIC mean? Head bitch in charge, right? Yeah, that's it. Head bitch in charge ministries. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a yay or yuck? I mean, I I feel like saying, why not? Uh, I'm just such a fan. I'll say yay to anything she does. (laughs) She could do no wrong. Wasn't her mom a pastor? Or her mom was like very religious or something like that? Sister Patterson? Or claimed to be. Yeah, yeah. she claimed to be, right. Allegedly. Okay, we got to stop, drop, and roll. We need to take a little break, and we'll be right back. Are you tired of using the family phone line to call your friends? Mom! Now you can tie up the landline to AIM your friends. AOL Instant Messenger is an exciting new program that lets you talk to your friends and a whole bunch of strangers pretending to be your friends. Anytime, anywhere. Just pick a screen name that'll stay cool forever. Like Ice Angel 69, Blink 182 Girl, or 007 Kickstand Dude. Spelled D-O-O-D. On AIM, you can use new cool lingo like AFK, away from keyboard, CUI, cracking up inside, and TTFN. Ta-ta for now. And don't forget to use the safe word, P-O-S, parent over shoulder for emergency breaches of privacy. Get out of here, Mom. Damn. Okay, we got to sign off now. Mom, we're almost done. God, this is so unfair. Ugh, your mom sucks. I know.
you know, cute next to gorgeous. Gorgeous is gonna, you know, devour cute. What is Tiffany Pollard's legacy? Cause she she's truly a star and she stands out amongst so many reality TV personalities. She's really able to like stay above the waters with just like getting show after show or getting on other people's shows. I mean, I always think of her as, as somebody who was really ahead of her time, quite frankly, in terms of she's endemic to like meme culture, you know, people who've mm-hmm. never seen her on these shows will share gifts of her or memes of her and things like that. Right. I think she understood the assignment before people understood the assignment. And what we see now is a lot of people, you can tell when you're watching a reality show and someone came on there trying to create a character. Like we see it all the time and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work. She got it before other people got it. Like she understood intrinsically that she's on there to present a character, not just present her real self. And I think that's why you see Ryan Murphy when he was doing Nip Tuck, why he brings her on as a character because she's a character, right? I mean, she did what a lot of the girls on the show were trying to do because a lot of them were on the show to become stars. I mean, Pumpkin Mm -hmm. was on six reality TV shows and Mm -hmm. she's very forgettable. I mean, the thing we remember her for is for wearing her hat to the side and for spitting in New York's face. So, yeah, she clearly didn't get the assignment. (laughs) Infamous memes or gifts of Tiffany? I mean, my favorite, there's just one of her like sitting in bed looking unhappy. Yeah, that's that's, my favorite personally. With the sunglasses on, fully dressed. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Fully dressed on the bed, just like waiting around, but also pissed. And people use that. It's, I mean, it's like one of the top 20 memes of any year. It's constantly used. And lastly, would we consider her a legit comedian? I would. There's a media studies scholar named Jonathan Gray who talks about her in comparison to Roseanne Barr and Lucille Ball because they're both kind of doing these similar types of like wacky things. But she's in a space of reality TV where we don't recognize people as doing any kind of creative performative work, right? So anything she does there is just not going to be recognized. I mean, her comedic timing is amazing. I still quote her, like, apropos of nothing, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, the great line she said of of someone said, I'm speaking my mind. She goes, of course you're speaking your mind. Where do you think your thoughts come from? (laughs) I say that all the time. So, yeah, absolutely. I would consider her a comedian. Okay. All right. Can you please tell everyone where we can catch you and your socials? Sure. So I am Raquel Gates on Instagram, Twitter. My website is www.raquelgates.com. I write about reality TV a lot, including in my book, Double Negative, The Black Image in Popular Culture. And I'll be talking about Tiffany Pollard and all kinds of things in my reality TV class at Columbia next semester. Okay. We are looking forward to it. Me and Marie, we will we will sit <laughs> we in. We are going to enroll. Come sit in. At, we're going to take classes at Columbia. Yeah. Just show up. Thank you so much, Raquel. Thank you. All right. So we cannot have an episode without the Swag Report, where we dive into the latest trends. Marie is in the Hollywood Hills, location scouting for an upcoming VH1 reality show. Marie, tell us what's going on over there. Girl, Hollywood Hills. <laughs> More like the valley. We're looking for a big house where we can put a bunch of girls fighting for a dusty man. Mm -hmm. So obviously we need a nice windy driveway. Okay. Something that they can pull up. Make an entrance. Right, Mm -hmm. right. Uh, Double doors, maybe a fountain, maybe a bush shaped like a dolphin. How many rooms are you looking for? We're doing triple layer bunk beds Mm -hmm. for this production. You're actually not fighting for love, you're fighting for a bed. 
A better yes. bed, yeah. Yes. So we have 20 people coming and we have seven beds. So. And if you're really good, you get a girl kicked off and then you squeeze two twin beds together to make one. And that's how I lost my virginity. Boop. Okay. So. <laughs> and two became one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So what's the layout? There's like a, a kitchen, right? We, we're doing a big kitchen, island yes, in the kitchen. Yes, we need a big ass kitchen to fight in but not cook. Mm. We obviously needed a hot tub. We need somewhere for like you know, all the the STDs to kind of like stew and marinate. You know, the hot tub is the number one place if you want somebody to take off their top and show their boobs. And show their boobs. On a reality show. Well, yes, you know, we need people to be naked and we need people to be drunk. So we got a lot of cheap, well things happening in here. All right. Is there going to be closet space? Do we even care? Are they just having all their clothes and are they living out of their suitcases? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, if if you're on a show like this, you you don't really care how wrinkled or not wrinkled your clothes are. Um, <laughs> no shade. I know that people spend a lot of money on these uh, BB dresses. True, true, true. Arden, yeah. Arden B did provide for me and my people. Mm-hmm. Charlotte Ruth uh, walked so these girls could crawl or whatever the... <laughs> Whatever the saying is. Can you see yourself on this show? <laughs> I mean, I, I would love. I sent in a submission tape. They told me it's not dramatic enough. So. Oh, they said you're too regular. They said I'm too regular. Uh-huh. So I'm going to take my top off and shoot it again. You said the hot tub? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wish me luck. Okay, Marie, thank you. Take a lot of pictures by the gazebo, okay? So we can post it on the gram. You've been doing great work. Friend, thank you for... Gazebo. Yes, now we're back in the studio where me just here doing what I do. Thank you so much, Marie. Take your top off. Peak 2000s is a Spotify original production in partnership with the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sydney Washington, and you can follow me at JustSydSYDNYC. You can follow Marie Faustin at Miss Reezy, that's M-S-R-E-E-Z-Y. We are produced by the Vox Media Podcast Network and Spotify. For Vox Media, our producer is Gina Pollock. Our executive producers are Zach Mack and Nashat Kura. Our engineer is Daniel Turek. Our theme music is by Brandon McFarlane. And for Spotify, our producers are Baron Farmer and Candice Manriquez-Ren. Executive producer is Gina Delvac. Special thanks to Evan Tarantino, Teal Kratke, Amanda Long, Yasmin Afifi, and Leslie Guan. 